Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served the Valley for decades, finding their customers, their clients, exactly the right insurance. Auto, home, life, business. They'll find you the best price to go with the right insurance. If there's ever a claim, nobody will work harder for you than them. Customer service means everything. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Before we get to Ray Fittipaldo, time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The 3-1 pitch. There's a drive into the gap in right center field. There's nobody there. Way back there. It's one hopping up against the wall. Coming around third, Longoria. He'll score. Here is Pilar racing to third. The throw. Three. A sliding triple for Kevin Pilar. And the Giants have gone back ahead 7-6. In that park, they refer to it as Triples Alley. And that's where Kevin Pilar hit it last night on Nick Pavetta. And that allowed the Giants to win 9-6 last night over the Phils. The call by John Miller on KNBR and the Giants Radio Network. With that, we bring in old friend, very respected friend, Ray Fittipaldo, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, welcome. It's uh, great to have you with us despite the circumstances. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. Uh, what has this done to the Steelers camp because of the pure shock of what happened under the category of the last thing you ever expected? Yeah, I mean, it was quite a shock, Steve, yesterday. I was uh, I got up there about uh, 9.30 or 10, and they usually have players available at 11. And, uh, you know, instead at about 10 o'clock, we were informed of, of, of Daryl's passing and um, it's just shocking. I mean, you people have seen the tributes on social media at the Post Gazette. We talked to four or five people who knew him well, and um, you know, we did a story. He was just a beloved figure, not only in the NFL and with the Steelers, but uh, you know, throughout college football. He coached at Western Kentucky, um, where he played in the 1970s, and you know, then he moved on to to Georgia and Baylor and. In Texas, so he he was the guy who had many stops in his coaching career, but he was beloved by many, um, you know, at every stop along the way. Well, a lot him to relate to the professional athlete. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you know, from from Heinz Ward, you know, who he coached at um, Georgia, to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who he coached now. I mean. You know, you're you're ta- you're spanning decades, um, you know, in the players he's dealing with. But he was, you know, loved and respected by all of those guys. So, um, you know, Heinz Ward is a guy who played for him, I think, for two or three years at Georgia. 
of course, he wasn't with the Steelers in 2005 when when Ward won the MVP. But you know, Hines said um, he was one of the first people to reach out to him after he won the MVP, and you know, he he still has that on his voicemail. So, um, you know, just a terrific guy, and um, you know, a tough loss for, loss for the Steelers, but. You know, this is professional sports, and, you know, stuff like this has happened before, and Steelers are going to have to find a way to move on, but uh, it's certainly been tough the last couple of days. A lot of people don't realize that in the NFL there are multiple coaches at a position. For example, uh, you know, uh, Matt Rule, for example, had been the assistant offensive line coach for the Giants. Well, he was assisting the assistant. Uh, is that the next step? Is it possible that they go to uh, somebody else down the line, or is there a possibility they go outside and hire somebody else? Yeah, they could go outside and hire someone, Steve. Uh, you know, I'll throw a couple of names out there. Heinz Ward was a camp intern with the Steelers in 2017, and he was with the team throughout much of that season. Uh, that was Juju's rookie season. A lot of people thought that he might take over for Richard Mann, who retired at the end of that year, but, you know, uh, Mike went out and, and hired Daryl Drake instead. So, you know, Hines right now, he's a camp intern with the Jets, um, so that's one possibility. Uh, if you want to look on staff right now, uh, Blaine Stewart, the son of former West Virginia coach, uh, Bill Stewart is an offensive assistant. He helps with the receivers. Uh, you have William Gay, former Steelers corner, who is a camp intern this year. And if you even want to uh, have guys take on dual roles, uh, Randy Feetner, the offensive coordinator, was the receiver's coach before he became the OC and, and the quarterback's coach a few years ago. So they'll have some options. Obviously, it's, it's very late in the process now. All these hires have been made over the offseason. So um, there, there's not a lot of options out there, but they certainly do have a few, both in-house and out-of-house. Ray, beyond positions 38 to 45, what's the value of preseason games? Well, you know, for undrafted free agents, it's their opportunity to, to go out there and make a name for themselves. Um, you know, listen, a lot of that takes place in practice. The coaches really know, you know, in the spring and, you know, into the early summer who they're going to take a long look at. Um, you know, in training camp in the preseason games, but it there are guys in different uniforms, and you know these these players, um, you know, get used to the, the their teammates in camp. I think the coaches, you know, sometimes get stagnant, and they 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 need to look at them against different opponents. So I know there's been a lot of talk with the next CBA that uh, um, you know they're going to maybe try to go to 18 games, and they're going to reduce the preseason to two games. Or they might try to extend the, the postseason if they don't get the 18 games. And uh, in that same scenario, they would also reduce it to two games. So um, I think that could happen. Um, uh, but I, I just think for, for coaches, they love it because they get to evaluate more. And not so much for the draft picks, but for the undrafted free agents. Just these extra games are just extra opportunities for, for those guys to open some eyes. And Ray, you and I both know the idea of going to 18 games is more inventory, which means a better TV contract. I mean, I don't mean to be Absolutely. cynical about it, but I think that's that's the bottom line. Absolutely, and I think you can get around that, Steve, by extending the postseason too. If you if you add um, a seventh team or maybe even an eighth team per conference, 
Um, I think you can generate probably not the same revenue as if you if you go to 18 games for a regular season, but you can certainly um, you can certainly boost your revenue there. I mean, these TV networks pay out the wazoo for these playoff games to begin with, and I think you would see ABC, CBS, ESPN, Fox. All these teams would be bidding on new playoff games if those came uh, came to pass. Right, exactly. All right, what have you thought of Steelers camp to this point? Uh, I think it's just been very businesslike. I, I think they, they rid themselves of the Antonio Brown distraction um, in the spring. And if you look at what's going on in Oakland now, it looks like it was a great move by Kevin Colbert in the Steelers brass to, to get that done. Um, uh, and looking back, you know, the fact that they got a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown right now looks pretty good. So um, they, they don't have the drama that, that was here in years past. Uh, I know Le'Veon Bell didn't play last year, but I remember in training camp last year, the players kept getting asked repeatedly, you know, when is he going to show up? You know, what's it going to be like adding him into the offense? Of course, he never did show up. He sat out the whole season, but they're not having to deal with these distractions like they have in the past couple of summers. So um, it's been good. There's a lot of production that some of these younger guys are going to have to step up and replace both that running back and receiver. But the overall tone and what I see on the practice field, I, I've been pretty encouraged so far um, You know, by what I've seen. Or I think there were a dozen players last year that used helmets that were not approved uh, by the NFL and the NFLPA, but they were all given the grace period of a year to change over to the approved ones. Did you? Did anybody know about the the Brown situation before it actually came to light? I, I did not know. I've just been, um, you know, this this um, lawsuit or this grievance that that Brown has filed um, has brought a lot of this to light. And the Post Gazette reported. Um, over the weekend that the Steelers actually sent uh, the Raiders his old Steelers helmet and they went to the to the trouble of painting it and you know getting it ready for AB even though there's there's no way he's going to be able to use it so uh, just a very strange circumstance I think the NFL and the NFLPA they're working together on this they're trying to do what's right you know you have this concussion settlement that, that just happened a few years ago um, you know, the NFL, I think, is trying to do the right thing and they're working with the union. But when your own players, or player, because really it's only one at this point, but when somebody like Antonio Brown fights back against that, um, I, I think it just points up that uh, he's just a difficult guy to deal with and, you know, he's sort of, uh, you know, just in his own world. Yeah, because Brady, Brady changed over. Uh, Brady played last year with an unapproved helmet during the grace period, but he changed over. Everybody's changed except for one guy. And are we yeah. surprised it's this one guy? And he claims it impedes his vision. And, you know, listen, you know, anyone who's ever played a sport, it's it's sometimes difficult to to get used to new equipment, you know, whether it's you're a catcher in baseball yes. or a new bat or a new hockey stick. So, you know, it, there is a transition period, but – Honestly, this is something he should have worked out in the spring at OTAs, and you know he should have given himself an opportunity to, to work in that new equipment. Um, the, Brian McCarthy of the NFL came out very strong today and said there is no way um, that anyone can play without an approved helmet. So this seems like it's a, a very steep uphill battle 
um, you know, for Antonio Brown to get his way on this one. Back to the Steelers, uh, Ray, uh, from preseason game one to preseason game two. What will you be looking for? Are there a couple of players that you saw in game one you'd like to get a closer look at in game two, or is there something else you're looking for? You know, usually they'll play their starters more in game three. I, I, I think you might see a few more starters um, play in this game on, on Saturday against the Chiefs. Um, I, I think they had 18 of their 22 did not dress. Um, to the opener. So I, I think you'll see a, a few more in there, but I just think they're looking for, for Devin Bush to continue um, to build upon the strong start that he had. Um, James Washington had a really good game at receiver. I think they would like to take a long look um, at Dante Moncrief and Deontay Johnson, two other receivers who couldn't play in the opener because they were injured. You know, I, I think they want to get want to get all these new guys um, sort of familiar with the offense and their surroundings. So they could sort of hit the ground running, um, you know, when the regular season begins. But, you know, all in all, you know, for the backups playing against the Buccaneers, I, I thought those guys, for the most part, uh, acquitted themselves pretty well. Uh, Ray, uh, the Steelers are not working out today. Is there any indication as to when they want to go back to work? Because obviously the shock of everything that's happened, I mean, will they work uh, Tuesday instead? Yes, they're going to be back on the practice field uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Uh, Mike Tomlin is going to address the media at 11.30, and I believe the players will speak after practice. So, like I mentioned at the top, Steve, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for these guys to move on and to move past it, but um, they they got to find a way to do it. You know, I, I know uh, Minnesota went through it last year with Tony Sperano, uh, dying a few days before training camp started. Um, there's been a few other examples over the years, but um, it's never easy and it's never planned. And, you know, somehow, some way, um, they're going to have to find a way to put their helmets on tomorrow and, and go back to work, even though it's going to be a very, very difficult and uh, emotional time for them. Absolutely. I know it's a tough subject. As always, for you handle it so well. We appreciate your time and your insight very, very much. Uh, Steve, anytime. A lot of things will change over the next six years, but not the interest rate on your new Kia. In 2025, you'll still be at 0%. Kia. In fact, your interest rate will stay at 0% for more than six years. 75 months. Come into Sunbury Motors Kia now for 0% financing for up to 75 months on select 2019 Kia Optimas, Sportages, Cadenzas, Sedonas, and the 2019 Kia Serrano. Great for getting you through the central PA terrain. See for yourself why Kia offers America's best value with an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hurry into Sunbury Motors Kia now to get 0% financing for up to 75 months. These rates won't last past the end of the month, so get in today. Value is back. At Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip at Hummel's Wharf. Offers available to qualified buyers through KMF Financing in lieu of rebates. Expires at 3119. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Our thanks to Ray Fittipaldo. I mean, look. You know, I like talking to Randy anytime because he's absolutely one of the absolute great guys out there. 
But, you know, at the same time, I mean, of all the to- topics you're going to talk about, I mean, that's that's really hard. And, of course, he handled it, as usual, really, really well. Um, but, yeah. Uh, now, the next half hour, I guarantee you that the next half hour, as tough as it was to discuss that topic, will be a 180. Next half hour with Dieter Kurtenbach joining us from California. I'm telling you right now, it could be one of the more entertaining half hours we've had as we talk about Antonio Brown, your guy. Former guy. Remember, just remember. Former. You and the suit swore by this guy for years. Absolutely did. Yep. Oh. Yep. Right? Now, here's one thing I never want to hear about Antonio Brown again. Oh, nobody works harder than he does. Okay? We hear that all the time, right? Nobody works harder than Oh, he works so hard. Antonio, in order to work hard, don't you have to punch in? Just asking. Week 17 last year, he didn't punch in. Okay? Sorry, you lost your label as the, as the hard-working guy. You got to punch. You got to show up. So, I know it's your first day back today. It's great to be by back. The Yan- by the way, the Yankees beat the the Yankees beat the Orioles today. It was a day night doubleheader. It was a makeup. They won eight five. The Yankees hit four more home runs off the Yankees pitchers. Excuse me. The Yankees hit four more home runs off the Orioles pitchers today. That means the Yankees, in 16 games against Baltimore, have hit 56 home runs. That's better than three and a half a game. Today they had four above the average. Amazing. Somewhere so you your, your, brother, some, somewhere your brother is smiling after hearing that stat. Yes. And you had to sit down today, and you had to go through, led by the interim, whatever the title is. Whatever the title is, yes. How what? How was it? Oh, our meeting today? Actually, it was pushed back till tomorrow. Yeah. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm glad, because I had some catching up this morning and uh, went right into the studio and got right to work, so. Just, I'm just concerned about the reign of terror. Yeah. Right. Oh, you uh, and me both. So. But but no, we actually we had some special guests in this morning, and uh, our our very own Kyle Alexander uh, did a little tour, and that was about the time when we normally would have right. our our weekly meetings. So uh, so we'll, we'll we'll have that tomorrow. But thanks to Kyle and to Maddie Ice and to uh, uh, Bob Buner, Chris, all the guys, uh, you know, taking their turns uh, for me here last week. So. No, oh, we had a great time. I caught yeah, a lot of it on the podcast. Yeah, I'm up to uh, I'm up to uh, hour two of last Wednesday on the podcast. I was doing well, some like, lawn mowing and like whatnot. This way. Listening at the same time. For people who listen to the podcast, and you're listening right now, on the podcast, you're listening right now, make sure that you listen to the next half hour. Because Dieter Kurtenbach is going to, I think, deliver the goods on Antonio Brown <laughs> and is going to do it in such a way that is extremely entertaining. Cannot wait to hear this. How about that? All right. That's what I think. Uh, I, that, that's why I think it's going to be worth you 
tuning in period on the air it's going to be really worth it to you to tune in on the podcast as well truth be told i've been truth be told I've, I've been waiting since uh, last, since saturday night for this cuz you and i were catching up at the spikes game on uh, saturday night we was able to get yep. to that as we finished up vacation so yeah we were thinking about guests oh yeah Dieter, sure but yeah we'll yeah do that yeah so do that Sean and i were walking on the concourse Attempting to talk. <laughs> People were not stopping to talk to me. Oh, now I know how man. my wife feels when we're at the grocery store. Uh, it's like, I'll meet you at the register. <laughs> you pick well, go to the coast. Well, go to the coast. The West Coast, that is, to talk with Dieter Kurtenbach, who covers the Raiders for the San Jose Mercury News. What an intriguing beat that must be. Antonio Brown talk with Dieter Kurtenbach next half hour. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. You know that uh, one of the hallmarks that is so fortunate. Over the years, I, I like dealing with or working with the best, whether it's a Jack Ham, a Dick Girardi, a Sean Carey. Well, same thing when it goes to my insurance needs. I want to deal with the best. Purdy Insurance. Auto, home, light, business, a bundle, whatever it may be, they will find you the right insurance. They the best, best, and you need updating, they'll do things for some work. All the ferocity that you would hope your insurance agent would go to work for you. That's Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Summary. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we apologize. We lost connection with Steve in the Sunbury Motors studio. And we were talking a little bit about Antonio Brown. Of course, he was dealt to the Oakland Raiders earlier this year. The Steelers, in return, picked up a number three and a number five pick. And some people thought, well, come on, A.B. is worth a lot more than that. Well, now with everything going on with Antonio Brown, whether it's whether it's the feet, whether it's yeah. the helmet situation, <laughs> just yeah. thought you heard everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to bring in Dieter Kurtenbach who uh, covers the Raiders for the San Jose Mercury News. You might as well be on the entertainment beat. Dieter, welcome. Great to have you with us again, man. Yeah, it, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's never a dull moment, my man. 
<laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I used to work in South Florida, and we used to have a saying at, at the paper down there in Fort Lauderdale that uh, no matter what, every single story will have a South Florida connection. And about 99 times out of 100, they were right. And it was usually a really seedy one. Um, we don't really have that. We don't really have that going on in the Bay Area, but uh, the preponderance of weird is starting to become alarming to me. So. Yeah, maybe maybe when the Raiders leave, it kind of goes with them. But we'll see. They they still got another year here, and it's still weird. It's still weird. All right, so let's let's get to the Brown situation. Uh, yeah. It's not as if his helmet is not approved. His helmet's not approved because it's too old. It's it's eleven years old. Uh, so it's obvious where he stands. But the league responded to that today. Yeah, and it's pretty much the stance that you would expect from them. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that they, they put his helmet specifically, not as it pertained to him, but the helmet that he is wearing, uh, on, the, on the no-go list. The NFLPA agreed to that list. And so the reason Antonio Brown is, is appealing is so that he can continue to wear a helmet that's no longer sanctioned because of its age. And he's extremely peculiar. We're all professionals. We all have our peculiarities about our equipment. He's taking it to the next level and threatening to retire over it, which would mean that he'd pass up at least $30 million and perhaps as much as $50 million, which is a place that we certainly cannot get to mentally. But um, <laughs> with, with that, like, it's, it's not surprising that the NFL said something. It's ultimately not up to the NFL. It's up to this arbiter who, let's be honest, if, if the NFL and the NFLPA both agreed to these rules, it's not as if they are – like in any real way uh, putting him on the spot. They're, they're just asking him to wear a new helmet uh, and a new helmet that both of those organizations have decided are better helmets. Like I can't imagine that the arbiter is going to rule with Antonio Brown. So uh, it's not surprising. The NFL has just make it, made their case that they're, that they're going to, or that they made to the arbiter last week. They just made it public today. And ultimately um, it's bad press for the NFL. It's bad press for um, for for the Raiders, it's bad press for Antonio Brown, but I, I don't think he's cognizant of that. Like, no one likes this situation. It's so stupid. It's stupid. It's a stupid situation and weird. And now the NFL has to discuss openly uh, helmet regulations and why certain helmets are banned, and which not in, which is an inevitable lead into concussion conversations, which the NFL right. tries to avoid with millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, it seems, every single year. So no one likes this. Everyone wants to get out. And ultimately, my stance is Antonio Brown's going to end up playing. He's going to end up playing in a different helmet and that he's just being a diva. Yes. And he's very good at that, by the way. You will find he, one of the best. I mean, when it comes to being a diva, there are very few that are better than Antonio Brown. Uh, and you're right. Eventually, he will just, you know. But that's why I always laugh about this stuff. Oh, the NFL, they're the villain. You know, some people say the NFL's the villain, and I'm not the biggest proponent. The league, the league makes right. a thousand mistakes, right? And we point yeah. them out all the time. But I always, I always just sit back and shake my head. When the league and the players agree to something, the union, <laughs> right? Right. They've agreed, people. just like the, the Le'Veon Bell thing. Okay. Exactly. Right? He, he, he sat out. That's his, that's his prerogative. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But... His arguments with his union, they said yes. 
<laughs> it, it, it blows my mind. Maybe maybe we've gotten to the point with organized labor in this country that people don't understand what a collective bargaining really is. Yes. Like maybe maybe that's where we're at, that people don't understand that these are agreed to rules upon a group of people made up of NFL players and a group of people. A group of people made up of NFL owners, and those people got together in a room and they hashed out a very long lawyered document saying, "Here's how this is going to go, and here's uh, how we'll handle situations going forward." And one of them, I just don't understand. I, I, listen, I could understand why Antonio Brown's particular about his health. Sure. He doesn't want to wear a new one, and I, probably I, he's I, trying to deflect deflect away from the fact that he burned his feet in a cryo cryotherapy chamber, and, and he's just weird. He's just a weird dude. This wasn't new information, but like. The notion that the NFL could be viewed as villainous here, which is usually I'm all I'm all for it. It's just like you, like I'm certainly not going to run away right. from the notion of saying that the NFL is a villain. That's easy money for me. But like <laughs> Jesus, like are, are you are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? These two these two groups get together and now it's like, by the way, you should wear a safer helmet. He's like, no, and somehow the NFL is in trouble. <laughs> Like, it's like not putting. It's like not putting your kid in the car seat and somehow being a bad parent. Yeah. Like, what? Like that doesn't make any sense. All right, I know. Uh, as for his feet, has yeah, jeez, oh, that's weirder. I, I mean, has anybody? I mean, look, they they have him here in State College. We, yeah, we were like three, four years ago, whatever. I've yeah. never heard of a single person burning their feet in a thing. Never. Well, yeah, I don't. I, I actually adhere to um, internet doctor quack, Doctor David Chow's assessment that his feet are actually like I think it's called maciated, where he had moisture going on, and so the feet were kind of like soft, and then okay. the rapid change just sort of separated the skin. Like it's honestly, I don't think that the feet thing is that big of a deal. Like if he had twisted his ankle early in training camp, like if he had a foot injury that sure. way, yeah, no one, no one would have been discussing. Right. Oh well, like what's he doing this and that? He's a 31 year old, and while I do have serious questions based on his time in Pittsburgh and what's gone on so far with the Raiders, <laughs> if he will actually learn the new playbook, um, yeah. he's a 31 year old man. I, I don't get too worried about those guys missing training camp. Though this one maybe I'll make an exception for. But yeah, like it, it, it was a really weird injury. We all know that Brown, for all of his quirks and faults, is an exceptionally hard worker and that no one keeps himself in better shape. And that's how he's made as much money as he's made, $70 million-plus to this point, in his NFL career as a six-round draft pick. So, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, like, at the same time, who, either, either he, didn't have, he didn't have the right information or the right people around to help him out with a cryotherapy chamber. Uh, Just like, it's not a ho-hum deal. Like, that is that's a, exactly a, a right. lethal thing. Yes. Or he just decided, much like the helmet, he's above the rules. And I guess didn't learn his lesson from the bottom of his feet being completely separated. But ultimately, the fact that we saw him running on hard knocks, he was around for a day of practice when the media wasn't around and running on those feet, like, it's just skin. Like, it will get better. Like, yeah. I've burned myself enough times to know sure. that you think, oh, it's the end of the world. I'll never be able to use, you know, this again. And then somehow it just bounces back. And I'd like to, I'd like to think that he has plenty of time before the season starts. Now, the question is if he's going to be out there with, with a head or not. Derek Carr last year, if I recall correctly, actually had his highest completion percentage of his young career. I mean, he actually had his mm -hmm. highest uh, yards per attempt of his young career. But it didn't go well for him last year. Why not, and can Brown help him change that? 
Well, Brown is going to help any quarterback. That, that's that's a given. I, I actually really like what the Raiders did in the offseason, not just in getting Brown, though there are uh, permutations to that, which are peculiar uh, in the in the micro, uh, they got Tyrell Williams from from the uh, the Chargers. I like their tight end group, which are kind of unknowns, but I think they're really good. And Gruden made a good call on that. The issue with Carr last year is the issue with Carr every year since he broke his leg famously in 2016, yeah. which is uh, 51 sacks against. Yeah, he got sacked 51 times, and every time this guy takes a sack, part of the mental fiber I, I, I hope this isn't too on the nose but part of the mental fiber breaks down a little bit this guy gets pocket rattled extremely easily and as the season progresses like his, bro- like his brother did in Houston 1000% and I know it, I, I believe it's of direct consequence because I think David is in his ear saying don't let these guys kill you right. and that he saw firsthand his brother just get eviscerated year after year behind that terrible expansion Texans offensive line and it's like he's scarred he's battle scarred from that you need to be a crazy person to play professional murder ball and while quarterback is the easiest and softest of the positions perhaps outside of the special teams guys like they're still getting blasted by Von Miller and the the Comic-Con Sue and all these guys and just as the season progresses he starts he starts feeling pressure that's now not actually there. Right. He starts rushing decisions, and it just all evaporates as it goes. And and um, while they went out and they got Trent Brown, a, a very large gentleman who is apparently uh, the Raiders say capable of running an outside zone scheme, uh, I, I'll believe it when I see it because um, he's he's big. He's big. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to feel uh, on certain on certain stretch plays. But here we are. Uh, they, they, they have made theoretical upgrades, but if that offensive line doesn't protect them, if it's anywhere close to that 51 from last year, it's the same thing that's going to happen again. And then Carr's going to be the scapegoat, and then they're going to go to Vegas with a new quarterback because they're going to have a very high draft pick as well. Right. No, you're exactly right. Uh, what's it like dealing with Gruden? I mean, because Gruden hasn't <laughs> Gruden has had a winning record since they won the Super Bowl. No, uh, sir. In Tampa Bay. Uh, but what's it been like dealing with him? Well, there's a, there's a, a, a wonderful joy as a third party observer because um, he is. Ex- I mean, you can see why he was ESPN's highest paid employee. This guy, I don't know if it's charm, but it's something, and he just has a way with, with phrasing stuff that's so enjoyable as a third party observer. Right. He's also, as, but as a head coach. And as someone who needs to hold the head coach accountable, someone who's trying to get information from the head coach regarding the team for the fans, um, he's just completely full of it. And I can't take a word that comes out of his mouth seriously because it's just I, – I, you, you talk to other people and it's like, oh, yeah, that's the case. And he'll tell you straight to your face, no, just because he is so media savvy. It's now worked against us. So um, I, don't, I don't really take anything he says uh, without extreme amounts of salt because I, I've heard him pump up – um, bit players that were cut a couple of days later, pump them up as if they were future Hall of Famers. And I've heard them downplay the um, the positives, not that there were many, but the positives of some guys that any eyes could tell are, are just absolutely fantastic and, 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 and worth uh, exalting. So, yeah, Gruden, Gruden's, um, Gruden's an interesting cat, but it's always interesting. I'll give it that. It just requires a really good BS radar, and um, you know, I'd like to think that I have. I'd like to think that I have one. Yes, but, uh, you do. Like, for the other, the other day, the, like the other day with with Gruden, 
we, we heard Mike Mayock, who I think has been a really nice hire for the Raiders and, and, and made some really positive changes and has helped Gruden um, – Helped Gruden out because Gruden couldn't handle both the GM and uh, the head coaching job. And, and luckily, he admitted it after one year, though I think it was pretty obvious for everybody <laughs> that that was the case. Um, I don't think it took any sort of deep calculations or soul searching. Uh, but, you know, Gruden and Mayock throughout the draft process, and you see it with the guys that they drafted, they talked about culture and establishing a new culture. When they went to Vegas, they wanted to have a team that they felt best represented what they were trying to get at. And that was something that they didn't inherit in the in the first year. And then when Mayock came in, he drafted a guy like Clean Furl, who frankly was overdrafted, if we're being totally honest. He is not a super impact twitchy pass rusher, but he's a good player. He's a really solid player. It's just gonna take him a little bit if he's ever gonna get to that level. But they drafted him because he's a great kid and he's going to be fantastic for the locker room. And you can just see like if, if this guy is determined to be a leader, the team is going to be fine. Like, it's not going to be chaos all day long. And then they did that with the other two first-round draft picks, this Jonathan Abrams kid, which if you watched Hard Knocks, he's kind of out there, he's kind of quirky. But he's got a certain something about him that you go, okay, fine, like, I, I can get behind that guy playing. When he figures it out, he could be really, really good. They drafted all these high-character kids, these guys that they wanted to establish a culture. And then all they go out and do is get Antonio Brown, Richie Incognito, who should be banned from the NFL. I was in South Florida when that was going down. It is preposterous to me that he is around. <laughs> Add on everything that's happened since then. And, uh, and a bunch of you know, like, Vontaze Burfecht. Like, how are you supposed to establish a culture of positivity and, like, these guys know what it takes to get it done? And then you go get a diva, a guy, who's, a guy who might need to be on meds at all times and, like, frankly, drove a dude to near suicide. And Vontaze Burfecht, the dirtiest player possibly in, yeah. in the modern history of the NFL. And then I asked Gruden, like, hey, how does that really work out? And he goes, ah, culture, I, I don't know about all that. That's above my pay grade. Like, are you kidding me? You kidding me with this guy? So yeah, he he, he kind of talks out the side of his mouth all day long, and you just you just take what happens on the field and you go with that. Yeah, I only did one Richie Incognito game in my life. It was Penn State Nebraska, and he got thrown out of the game for fighting. All right, so <laughs> I know you're shocked. It was 2002 in Beaver Stadium. Hey, Dieter, it's always great. <laughs> it's it's, all, it's always home run stuff when you do it. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Talk soon. All right, looking to close out for today. Neil Kulong tomorrow. We'll get more into what, how the Steelers are reacting to the death of their wide receiver coach, 62 years of age, uh, and obviously a total shock. Uh, and we'll see how the Steelers react. Do they move someone up the ladder? A, first of all, you have to deal with the tragedy itself. I mean, you're talking I – mean, Ben Roth, I'll tell you, somebody who loved him. Ben Roethlisberger loved him. Loved talking to him at practice all the time. And the, uh, but then you have to do, you have to eventually come up with a replacement. And you do have to do that. You do have to somehow, you know, you have to, quote, move on. But you've got, Practices and you have games coming up, so you do have to move somebody into that spot, and they'll have to make a decision on that. As for Antonio Brown, aka your guy. Oh, we got to stop that. 
you were the suit swore by this guy for forever. Yeah. Well, something happened. Yeah. He changed uniforms. He what bailed. happened now? Yeah. He bailed. But that's why I always love this. Oh, nobody works harder than he does. Excuse me, week 17 didn't punch in. It was a no-show. Okay? To me, that's the hallmark of working. You know, don't tell me you're a professional. You're not a professional if you're a no-show. Uh, and so far, the single uh, greatest thing he has done for the Raiders so far is show up on a hot air balloon. Okay, if I'm the Raiders, that's not really what I want. Label is number one. I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't want that being labeled as my number one. But if you notice, though, when you watch that video, and I did, there is a Raiders logo in one of the corners of your screen. So, because the first thing I thought of, oh, Antonio put this on social media for the world to see, and it's like, oh, no, no, Raiders did. Raiders did that. Absolutely. I don't know. The Raiders did that. They did. Now, it was their way of saying he was no longer. And it's funny, some of the That's video that you... to do. He's no longer. Well, and it's funny, some of the video that you now, we have seen, I mean, because he's only been in, what, two or three practices at training camp in Napa. It just seems like the only videos you see of him over, like, three different catches, and they just put him on a loop. Because that's all the tape they have on him so far. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know you know that. Oh, we sure. know that. Yeah. And believe me, it's we'll just keep playing those until uh... <laughs> it's, it's unreal. Catch looks even more better the more you look at it. Pretty special, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great to be back. <laughs> It's great to have you back. Yeah. We'll talk tomorrow after you go through the staff meeting with Captain Smith. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs>Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com. 